Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante, and we welcome in our special guest, Ben Jones. You can find all of Ben Jones' great stuff on statecollege.com. Ben covers Penn State football, basketball, hockey. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you here. And by the way, to our listeners who have our app, you can also find all of Ben's stuff on our app now. There's a statecollege.com button. Just click the button. You'll see everything with Ben. As I mentioned, Ben covers football, hockey, basketball. And most recently, Ben, you're now covering golf from Beaver Stadium, right? Yeah, no, that was a that was a pretty neat experience with Top Golf coming to Beaver Stadium. Um, had the opportunity to go and try it out uh, myself. I emailed somebody and was like, "Hey, I want to see what this is all about." I love golf. Uh, I love watching golf. I love playing golf. So um, it was definitely definitely a unique opportunity. It's really the second big uh, thing they've done at Beaver Stadium the last couple of years that that wasn't a football game. Obviously, they had done the, the concert a few years ago as well. So it was neat to check it out. It seems like uh, people were definitely showing up for it. Um, so it was a neat experience and, um, hopefully it kind of opens the door for more things down the road that Penn State can do with its facilities away from the sporting, you know, events that already happened there. Well, for us golfers who didn't get the chance to get there, I'm just curious about like the logistics of this. It looked like they had you set up high to tee off and then you have a hundred yard field. I know you're going the length of that. How did they keep balls in the stadium? Just how did this work out? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. They were up, I would say, you know, midway up the, the second level on the, I guess that's the South end zone uh, of Beaver stadium. I think it worked out to about 140 to 160 yards of actual hitting distance um, from being that far back. But you're right. I mean, one of the things that they had to take into consideration was the fact that, um, you know, they don't need people bombing their driver through the press box window. I know if I could have, um, that thing could use a few renovations and I was welcome to, a, to take the first, uh, shot at that. But I mean, how they, how they did it is they, nobody got longer than a, a nine iron. They were pitching wedges, sand wedges in a nine iron. And if you got a hold of your nine iron, you could get it down to the other end of the field. So, you know, you, it was definitely a neat experience from that perspective. I think it's interesting for how big Beaver Stadium is that sometimes you forget that the the, the field is only 100 yards long. Um, so there's there's a lot more room for people than there is for football. Um, so it, it was really cool. It was neat to, to hit it that far. It was pretty windy that day that I got to go out and try it. So there was definitely, um, you know, you add 50 or 100 feet of uh, elevation from your tee shot, you're going to send it up there in the wind a little bit. Uh, but it was definitely a good time. I was out there with Nate Bauer as well. Um, of on three i think that's where he is these days that all those websites have all eaten each other up <laughs> at this point but uh you know he was he was getting it down the field too so it was a really neat experience and definitely um it was cool to see a, a golf ball fly through the, the the stands and i definitely sent a couple into the stands so if anybody's lucky enough to find one um, it might have been my fault a valuable memento uh, did you sign the ball before you put it out there so if we bump into it, I know yeah, I have exactly. something valuable. Exactly. Collector's <laughs> edition. You can put that on eBay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what was interesting in your article, though. 
you talked about Penn State is talking about using Beaver Stadium in more unique ways. I'm not sure you could get more unique than Top Golf, but you also mentioned another idea or two that they might try out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to remember with things like this is ultimately Penn State's trying to make money. It's about giving people something to do. It's about doing interesting things. It's, you know, to a certain extent, it's a recruiting tactic. You know, Penn State had a bunch of recruits on, on campus this weekend for camps and things like that to be able to say, look, cool things are happening in State College. Um, Top Golf certainly counts as one of those. But I do think, you know, you look at the prices. If you're trying to do that, you know, you're in a bay with six other people or five other people rather paying 80 to $90, depending on the time of day to do this. Um, you know, you could pay that much a couple times to play, you know, 80 or $90 could get you two or three rounds of golf at the right courses in state college. So certainly, you know, it's an experience, certainly, um, you know, they're, they're getting value out of that, but I do think, you know, why not a movie night? Why not turn the concourse into a beer garden in the summer or do things in the stadium that you can charge a lower price for and get more people in? And, and I understand, you know, I've covered Penn State men's hockey for a long time. And every year people go, are they going to host the Winter Classic at Beaver Stadium? And, you know, it's very easy to come up with an idea that sounds like a lot of fun. It's a lot harder to figure out ways to actually do it. Um, and there's always obstacles that people don't think of. But I do think that, you know, if you're Penn State, you know, I get it. You want to make the people that have $100 to burn happy because someday they might burn $100 on a donation or $1,000 on a donation. But I, I think at the same time, you know, State College and the Center County region and, and even beyond that, um, you know, not everybody has that kind of money to throw at something. So I think if you want to, you know, appeal to everybody, there are a lot of things that you could do that could bring in revenue, um, you know, that maybe don't have that high price point. You know, you could bring six people into the, the stadium for a movie night at $15 a pop, and that's one person golfing. So you know, obviously, you know, there's challenges with each good idea. That's why they're good ideas and why I'm not in charge of actually planning them. Um, but, you know, I just, it's a very cool, you know, I think standing up there, it's one of those things where you go, well, this is clearly very neat. I enjoyed the time that I had, but frankly, I had the opportunity to do it for free. And if I hadn't, I probably wouldn't have spent that money to go and do it. So, um, you know, I think there's always that balance there between what's appealing and what's going to bring in revenue and what's going to be a smart business decision for Penn State. But at the same time, you know, occasionally finding ways to bring more people in just for the sake of doing it um, and maybe doing it at a lower price point. Well, the golf thing, it's its a novelty thing. I'd love to try that once, but I wouldn't do it multiple times again. So, And there's only so many people who are golfers, but I like the idea of the movie night thing. I could picture that on the big screens, either side, you throw out a blanket on the field. I mean, if you had kids... Uh, I think the chance to be on the Penn State football field to watch a movie is great. Plus, you had me at beer. Kind of event like that, I, I think you could get a lot more people in than just the few people, as you said, who were ready to drop $90 to hit a few golf balls. While we've got you, I'd like to hit on a couple more topics with you, Ben. And, you know, especially that you're, you're out there in State College, it gives you a little better perspective on some of these items. Uh, just last week, Penn State came out with their announcement on, well, on the whiteout game. That's the one everyone was uh, looking for. It essentially seemed like it came down to Minnesota at night or Ohio State at noon. They chose night. Where do you fall on this debate? Because I know we get our reaction from our listeners, and it was almost split 50-50 each way. Yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument either way. I think that the whiteout looks better at night. 
I think when you have an opportunity to light up Beaver Stadium and just have everybody in there at white, I think, you know, from the blimp on TV, um, I think it looks more imposing at night. And I, I do like the idea occasionally of switching up what game gets the whiteout. I mean, every other year, it's Michigan or Ohio State, Michigan or Ohio State. I've been to every whiteout now. I've covered every whiteout now, and it's, it's never not cool, but uh, it's always a little bit different when some a, a different team gets to experience that. Ohio State, you know, I think, you know, I give Penn State fans a lot of credit because the stripe out has worked out really well every year. And I think it's one of those things that anytime you try and introduce a new tradition, um, it can be hard to pe- get people on board, especially when you're telling them what to do and what to wear. Um, but I think every year people have shown up and done their part to make that look really cool. So I think the fact that it seems like Ohio State's going to be a noon game or at least an early afternoon game where you're not going to have that nighttime atmosphere. If you want to do something different than, you know, the stripe out, that makes sense. Because frankly, there's not a lot of uh, more interesting home games than those two. Um, and by the time November comes around with Michigan State, everybody's going to be wearing coats and no one's going to pay attention to what uh, their mother tells them to wear in the cold, let alone uh, what Penn State says. So, you know, I definitely get it. I think, you know, Ohio State's the biggest game of the year every year, uh, especially when Penn State's played at home. And Penn State hasn't hosted Ohio State at home in front of fans since before COVID. So it's been a long time coming to, to get, you know, Ohio State football and Penn State fans all in the same place. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, when somebody's mad about what happened on third down, nobody's going to remember what they were wearing. They're just going to remember the play call. So I think, um, you know, I definitely get the argument, but I think the stripe out looks cool. I think Minnesota is a fun opponent, and I think the whiteout always looks better at night. I think you make a good point when you talk about doing it with a different team. I believe last year's Auburn whiteout was excellent. And again, I realize it's a Southeast Conference opponent, a big name. But it's not like uh, Penn State has had walkovers with Minnesota. They, they're a pretty good opponent, and you just can't beat doing the whiteout at night. When Ohio State comes to town, fans don't need to have a whiteout to be jacked up for that game, right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. That's one of those games as a player or as a fan or as a coach, if you need a reason to get excited, um, you know, you might be in the, long, the wrong line of work, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see what the, you know, these guys have never really been the bunch to talk about revenge or things like that. But some of, you know, Sean Clifford, in the very least, is going to be a guy that's going to look back to that that game a couple of years ago in the season that Penn State was having and losing on the road at Minnesota um, and say, you know, here's an opportunity for us to maybe make a statement and come back and avenge that a little bit. They'll probably never admit it. Um, but, you know, I think that, that emotional element's there a little bit. It's at night. And like you said, um, you know, I do think it's fun to, to have it with different teams and, and doing it against Minnesota, who's been uh, pretty decent the last couple of years and certainly had Penn State's number last time. Um, you know, that's as good of an opponent as any. And again, Ohio State fans will be jacked up no matter what. This takes another game and it elevates it. Again, I'm not sure it, it's a conference opponent who has beaten you recently. Uh, you're going to get an excited crowd with the whiteout. And finally, one last thing I wanted to get your take on, Ben, and that's the name, image, and likeness. It's what everybody's talking about throughout college football. I wanted to get your perspective on where Penn State stands on it, and I'll ask you this right after we got Ryan Day last week talking about he needs $13 million just to keep his team together. Yeah, I mean, I I think it is a challenge for Penn State, I think for multiple reasons. I think for one, you know, State College is not a high, you know, there are lots of people with a lot of money in State College, but it's not a city. It's not, it doesn't have the volume of money just around. The businesses aren't as big, the the enterprise opportunities aren't quite the same. So I think that, 
you know, it's a challenge for Penn State. I think Penn State was kind of behind the eight ball early on with the NIL initiatives. So it's sort of playing catch up a little bit. Um, and, you know, James Franklin said on the recruiting trail, they've lost guys um, that maybe you have the perfect recruiting pitch, you have the perfect recruiting cycle, but he just gets NIL opportunities somewhere else. And you can't blame a kid. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, it's not all about the money, but if you can get about the same amount of playing time for a similar sort of team and get a little bit more money in the process, you know, I, I don't think I, I, I blame a kid for doing that. So, you know, Penn State's definitely playing catch up. I think um, we'll see how Patrick Kraft, the new AD, attacks this over the next six to 12 months or so, but I do think it's going to be an area where Penn State has to figure out what it's doing and sooner rather than later so it doesn't play the, you know, spend the next couple of years catching up. And it definitely is just plain, it's the reality now. Name, image, and likeness exist. Whether you like it or not, you better be able to compete. That is it for this segment. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll be able to do it again. But that is it for quarter number three. Stick around. We have another special guest in quarter number four. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 